Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to my podcast, Catechism with Father Neil, on this, the March 25th episode of the podcast. And today we'll be looking at numbers 599 to 605 of the Catechism. 2. Christ's death, redemptive death, in God's plan of salvation. Jesus handed over to the definitive plan of God. 599. Jesus' violent death was not the result of chance in an unfortunate coincidence of circumstances, but as part of the mystery of God's plan, as St. Peter explains to the Jews of Jerusalem in his first sermon on Pentecost. This Jesus was delivered up according to the definitive plan and foreknowledge of God. This biblical language does not mean that those who handed him over were merely passive players in a scenario written by God in advance. 600. To God, all moments of time are present in their immediacy. When therefore he establishes his eternal plan of predestination, he includes in it each person's free response to his divine grace. In this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. For the sake of accomplishing his plan, God permitted the acts that flowed from their blindness. He died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. 601. The scriptures had foretold this divine plan of salvation through the putting to death of the righteous one, my servant, as a mystery of universal redemption, that is, as the ransom the world would free men from the slavery of sin, citing a confession of faith that he himself had received, St. Paul professes that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. In particular, Jesus' redemptive death fulfills Isaiah's prophecy of the suffering servant. Indeed, Jesus himself explained the meaning of his life and death in the light of God's suffering servant. After his resurrection, he gave this interpretation of the scriptures to the disciple at Emmaus and then to the apostles. For our sake, God made him to be sin. 602. Consequently, St. Peter can formulate the apostolic faith in the divine plan of salvation in this way. You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your fathers with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest at the end of times for yourself, for your sake. Man's sin, following on original sin, are punishable by death. By sending his own son in the form of a slave, in the form of a fallen humanity, on account of sin, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 603. Jesus did not experience reprobation as if he himself had sinned, but in the redeeming love that always united him to the Father, he assumed us in the state of our waywardness of sin, to the point that he could say in our name from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Having established him in solidarity with us sinners, God did not spare his own son, but gave himself up for all, for us all, 
so that we might be reconciled to God by the death of his Son. God takes the initiative of universal redeeming love. 604. By giving up his own Son for our sins, God manifests that his plan for us is one of benevolent love prior to any merit on our part. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the expiation for our sins. God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 605. At the end of the parable of the lost sheep, Jesus recalled that God's love excludes no one. So it is not the will of your Father, who is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. He affirms that he came to give life, to give his life as a ransom for many. This last term is not restrictive, but contrasts the whole of humanity with the unique person of the Redeemer who hands himself over to save us. The Church, following the Apostles, teaches that Christ died for all men without exception. There is not, never has been, and never will be a single human being for whom Christ did not suffer. Okay, very well. So this is the section dealing with uh, dealing with Christ. We continue to see this um, this death of Christ. That this is um, what we're looking at in these days, Christ's death and its relevance for us. That it is one of the centers of our faith. That we need both the death and the resurrection. However, today we kind of don't look at either of them. So often we look at Jesus as a miracle worker or as a as a lovely human being. You know, that Christ isn't just a lovely human being. He's not just somebody who does miracles. He's not just a great moral teacher. Although he is all those things. But he is principally God made man who died for us and who rose from the dead so that we might be saved. And that this is the, 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 this is the only thing really that matters in our faith. That if you take this away, Christianity falls. If there is no um, if there is no crucifixion, if there is no death, there is no resurrection. If there is no resurrection, everything becomes meaningless. And we're left to ourselves and we just have to make our own way in this world. But to see that God has a plan. A plan for us, it says here in 604. A plan of benevolent love prior to any merit on our part. That we don't deserve it. That God's plan is there prior to any merit. I suppose this is the, the Catholic anthropology, the Catholic view of grace. That is there before there's any merit. However, God will, through this plan, give us the merit. He changes us. He makes us different. He allows us even to deserve eternal life, to deserve forgiveness through his working in us, that he is the one that does it. He is the one that gives us the promise and makes the promise a reality in our lives through his grace. This is why we need to, um, to turn to him and to see that there is always hope. The last line, there is not, never has been and never will be a single human being for whom Christ did not suffer. Christ suffered for all of us and that really today we celebrate the Feast of the Annunciation, the fact that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we have seen his glory, 
This is the uh, this is what Christianity is about: to see that Christ has redeemed or has offered his redemption to every human being, and it doesn't matter how bad, how iniquitous you are, how sins you've done. Maybe you think you're bad to the bone or whatever. This doesn't matter. This isn't true. Our sin is something that weighs heavily on us, that can damage us terribly, that can damage others, that if left uncorrected, if left unrepented, can condemn us. And yet Christ is bigger and he offers us once again his forgiveness. He offers us once again his mercy. He offers to bring us to himself and to give us eternal life. So tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll be looking at numbers 606 to 6112. God bless.